Harmonics are absolutely beautiful, but wrapping your head around them and using them in your playing can cause some hiccups and even confusion. Be confused no more. On today's show, I'll be giving you a grand tour of harmonics so you can use them in your playing effortlessly. And seriously, this is one of those things that is truly fun and actually easy, even though it does involve some math. You'll see what I mean. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 239 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. A little bit later on today's show, you'll be hearing from an Acoustic Tuesday viewer who recently celebrated a new guitar day. And with that celebration comes a very valid, a seriously valid reason on why you need another guitar. I'm not even joking. You're also gonna see what the TAC family is working on today. It's a beautiful guitar lick in the key of C major that involves a harmonized passage. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes an unlikely duo, a magical musical moment in about the least magical place in the world, and much, much more. But first, let's go ahead and tune up your harmonic technique. I wanna share with you five steps to harmonic bliss. Five steps to tune up your harmonic technique. Step number one is defining what a harmonic is. Now this involves physics. I am not a physics professor. You are not in school right now, so let's keep this fun. Okay, so a harmonic occurs on a node. On any string that vibrates in an elliptical pattern, there are nodes where the string actually doesn't move. That's where we can activate harmonics pretty cool stuff. That brings us to step number two, identifying the places where harmonics occur naturally on a string. And this is actually pretty easy to remember. They occur at the fifth fret, the seventh fret, and the twelfth fret. Now, there are other positions. However, the fifth, seventh, and twelfth fret are the easiest to activate, the easiest to hear, the easiest to really uh, uh, play at a, at a good volume so they can actually be effective in your playing. And this brings me to step number three, and that is the technique. Okay, so let's take these three naturally occurring harmonic positions, and I'm gonna show you how to activate the harmonic. We're actually gonna start on the 12th fret. It's the midpoint of the string, it is a node, and it's actually the easiest to activate. So all I want you to do is take your index finger on your fretting hand and position it on top of the fret. You're not pressing the string down to the fretboard. You're quite simply touching the string on top of the fret. With your picking hand, go ahead and strike the string. Pretty cool stuff. It's this wonderful bell-like sustaining ring. And that's with me keeping my finger touching the string. What I like to do to get the most out of the harmonic is touch the string, activate the harmonic, and then remove my fretting hand finger. That'll sound like this. It gives it this wonderful sustain. It's still ringing. Uh, anyway, so that's the 12th fret. That same approach can be used for the seventh and the fifth fret. Although I will say this, the fifth fret is actually a little bit more difficult to activate. We'll get there, but let's go ahead and activate that seventh fret on the high E string. Again, hovering over the fret itself, just have your, your fretting finger touch the string. We're not pushing it down to the fretboard, we're just touching the string right at that node, activating it with our pick or finger and bringing our fretting finger away, like so. You'll notice it's a different note, okay? At the 12th fret, the harmonic matches the name of the string. For the high E string, it's an E note. B string, it's a B note. G string, it's a G note. D string, D. A string, A. Low E string, E. Pretty easy to remember. 
on the seventh fret, the note, the harmonic note is a fifth above the name of the string. Now I'm not gonna get too in the weeds here, but for the E string, it's a B note. For the B string, I believe it's an F sharp, pretty sure. Uh, for the G string, it's a D note. For the D string, it is an E, F, G, A, A note. For the A string, it's an E note. For the low E, it's a B. Just something interesting to, to know. Kind of a cool little guitar physics moment. And then on the fifth fret, activation is the same. And actually, the name of the harmonic on the fifth fret matches the string again. On the high E string, it's an E. B string B. G string G. D string D. A string A. Low E string E. Okay. And that fifth fret is a little bit harder to activate. It might take a little time for you to find the sweet spot. And a great way to find the sweet spot is to, again, touch that string and move your finger. You're gonna hear it start ringing. And when it starts ringing, you're in that sweet spot where you can nail the harmonic. Now we're gonna switch gears when it comes to step four. Step number four involves single string harmonics, single fretted harmonics. Check this out. I want you to ditch your pick for this one, okay? So what we're gonna do, we know for a fact that we can play harmonics on open strings. I just went over the locations you can actually play fretted harmonics as well. And this is where the math comes in, but don't be scared. You don't need a calculator. It's pretty darn simple. So first let's practice activating the string, activating the harmonic with one hand. What I want you to do is on your picking hand, I want you to take your index finger, hover it above that 12th fret, touching that high E string. And then with your thumb, your thumbnail, if you do have a nail, if you're using a, uh, if you're using a thumb pick, this will be even easier. But go ahead and touch that 12th fret with your index finger of your picking hand, and then with your thumbnail, activate that string. It's a little bit hard to get the timing. As you could tell, I was just hitting the open string there. But if you touch that, that string, and then activate it with your thumbnail, you'll dial in the timing and be able to actually achieve hitting a harmonic with one hand, pretty awesome stuff. And this opens up this option, step number four of playing fretted harmonics. So if the 12th fret is a harmonic, okay, what happens if I fret the second fret of the high E string? Well, no longer is that 12th fret gonna work. It sounds clunky. So let's go ahead and mimic the fretted position above the 12th fret. If I'm fretting the second fret, let's go ahead and go two frets above the 12th fret. you get a harmonic there. Pretty awesome. Let's move it up four frets. Well, all I would have to do is translate that into four frets above the 12th fret. So 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, boom. I didn't do the math right. I told you it was easy math. <laughs> I failed at my math. So again, we'll go four frets above the 12th fret. One, two, three, four. You get a wonderful ringing harmonic there. You can go up another fret here on the high E string, fifth fret, you go five frets above that 12th fret. One, two, three, four, five, boom. There was a good one. Uh, again, it takes a while to get the timing down and it might not sound good right off the bat, but that's okay. I want you to understand the concept. Once you understand the concept, then you can actually move into refining your technique. Okay, this brings us to step five, and I know I'm blasting through this, but what I want you to do is replicate this on every single string. Do a major scale on the high E string, do it all in harmonics, it's really fun to do. Move it to the D string, do the same thing, and start to experiment with this technique. Again, this brings me to step number five. If we can do single fretted notes 
why wouldn't we be able to do an entire chord? And that is step number five, is playing a harmonized chord, or a chord composed of harmonics, right? We fret a chord. So if we take that same exact philosophy, that same exact math, we can take each of those fretted positions, add them to the 12th fret, and play a corresponding harmonic. That would sound like this. I'm gonna walk through this a little bit more slowly than I have the previous steps. If we have this wonderful, beautiful G chord, right? It sounds great. Well, how on earth do I calculate the harmonics for that? We'll go one string at a time. The low E string, I'm three frets. I'm uh, rather, I'm on fret number three. So I'll go three frets in front of the, the 12th fret. One, two, three, boom. Cool harmonic. The A string, I'm two, I'm on the second fret, two frets above the 12th fret. A wonderful harmonic. Now, if I look at the next three strings, D, G, B, they're all open. So I'll just line up with the 12th fret. Sounds pretty cool. And then that high E string is the third fret. So three frets above the 12th fret, one, two, three. Pretty cool stuff. If you put that all together and you start to actually memorize the harmonic position here, essentially you're just tracing the chord above the 12th fret. If you were to play the whole chord, it would sound like this. Pretty cool stuff. You can do that for a C chord. How would that go? Do it for an A minor chord. You do it for any chord you want to. Just follow that math. It's a really fun experiment, and you don't have to integrate this into all your playing. It makes for great delicate passages, maybe at the end of a song, maybe as an intro to a song, or for an entire song. If you've ever seen uh, Tommy Emanuel play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, you'll see what I mean. Also, uh, Alan uh, Gogol, G-O-G-O-L, I believe, holds the record for a certain amount of harmonics in a certain time window. It's crazy. You, you got to check it out. In fact, why don't we just check it out right now? Okay, I hope you dug that technique tune-up. I hope it gave you a new perspective on harmonics and not only showed you how to do them, but maybe some ideas to add them to your playing. In the comments below, I wanna know if this helped you. So please let me know if you enjoyed this segment and if you have other ideas on other techniques that you wanna tune up or maybe your fellow guitar geeks want to tune up, uh, go ahead and let me know those in the comments as well. I'd love to create some future shows uh, specifically about techniques and how you can not only do them, but add them to your playing. Okay, don't put your guitar away quite yet. It's time to see what the TAC family is working on. Every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we rotate through one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays an improvisation challenge, Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge, and Fridays a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick, and here's exactly what they're working on. Bouquet of Flowers is the name of your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge. This lick uses double stops in the key of C to accentuate a C to G chord change as well as a G to C chord change with a little bit of manipulation. You'll see what I'm talking about here in a moment, but first, here's how the lick sounds. It's a 
nice kind of boomerangy, bouncy guitar lick. Now, as I mentioned, if we split this right down the middle, we can get a fill or a lick that goes from a C to a G chord, and then a fill or a lick that goes from a G to a C chord. I'll show you how that's done in a second, but first, TAC fam, if you wanna learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge. Go ahead and click on Start Challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video. Once you get it under your fingers, you can move to the play along video. Don't forget to choose a speed that's comfortable for you, and go ahead and pull up the tab by clicking that tab icon in the lower right-hand corner. Okay, so this lick really does have two uses, actually three. As with most of these licks, you can end a song with it. Uh, that's, it sounds pretty good. Uh, in this case, we're going from a C to a G chord back to a C. Pretty classic ending for any song in the key of C. So yes, it works as an ending to a song as written, but we can accentuate chord changes with this lick as well. And like I said, we're just gonna split it right in half. So let me go ahead and play the first half of the lick and show you how you can use it to go from a C chord to a G chord. That would sound like this. Pretty cool way to get to an up the neck G chord. And all I'm doing is I'm only modifying it slightly. The first part's the same. But after that, I'm just walking into a G note on the D string, which allows me to play that, that condensed closed position G chord. Cool, great. So now let's look at it from the perspective of going from that G chord back down to the C chord. And I'm gonna go from this up the neck closed position G minor, <laughs> this up the neck closed position G major chord, and I'm gonna use that backward slide and end up on that C chord. Let me go ahead and play it in time for you uh, so you can hear how it sounds in context. It would sound like this. So as you can see, this lick is useful in a variety of ways. Yes, it's useful in its two measure full form, but we can also, again, split it down the middle and use it as a transition from a C to a G chord, and then again, as a transition from a G to a C chord. Something great that you could spice up your rhythm with, something great that you could enter or exit a solo with. Overall, it's got kind of a, it's kind of a Swiss army knife in general. Now, before we get back into the show, I wanna talk about something that's really important on your guitar journey. Now, I've mentioned this probably a dozen or more times before, and that is comparison thinking. Um, please stick with me here, especially if you heard this before, because it's very important that you understand that comparison thinking can literally remove, it can suck all of the fun out of your guitar journey, period. And I'm not talking about just comparison thinking uh, when it comes to ability. I'm talking about comparison thinking when it comes to guitar routines. I'm talking, I'm talking about comparison thinking when it comes to guitar gear, even the guitar somebody else plays, okay? Comparison thinking is like this evil seed that gets planted that starts to grow and makes you feel like you're not good enough. You are good enough, okay? Everybody is on their own unique guitar journey. And that's something that you have to keep in mind. And it's something that you really, it's almost something to be admirable of other guitar players for. It's cool to see other players succeed. Their goals are different. Their experience is different. Their gear choice is different than you. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's an apples to oranges comparison. Someone else's guitar journey has no bearing on yours. 
and your guitar journey has no bearing on someone else's. They're each different. This isn't a special snowflake talk. This is the reality. And I know this because comparison thinking can lead you into this almost dark place where you feel like nothing you do is good enough. You know, our brains are always trying to attack us and always trying to keep us safe from going out on a limb and pushing ourselves just beyond our comfort zone. Comparison thinking is like fuel for that, that voice in your brain that says, oh, you'll never do this. You can do this, I'm here to tell you. And one of the ways to help yourself realize that you can do this is to stop comparing yourself to others. It's great to admire, it's great to be inspired, but please don't compare yourself to other guitar players because as I mentioned, it can really wreak havoc on your guitar journey. Your guitar journey is your own and you should be darn proud of it. Now let's go ahead and help an Acoustic Tuesday viewer celebrate their new guitar day. And within this comment is embedded a serious piece of guitar journey wisdom, one that you might not see coming, one that involves a valid reason to actually get a new guitar. And I'm not even kidding. Let's turn our attention to Jim Ross and the comment that he left on episode 235. Here's what he had to say. Hey Tony, thanks for another great Acoustic Tuesday. First off, when it comes to any of the relict guitars, I'm not a fan. If the guitar is old, road-weary, and beat up because it has been played and still has a story to tell, that's awesome. Trying to get that look without putting in the time and mojo required is just a fashion statement in my humble opinion. Now on to the second thing. I have a big birthday approaching and my wife wanted to surprise me with a new guitar. We talked about what I might like and the budget, I decided on a Gibson J45. I started shopping, you know, just to check things out. As it turned out, I was only able to find two in a store within a 200 mile radius of my home in Mineral Bluff, Georgia. She said, no reason to wait, let's go check them out, and that day I came home with a guitar that I have lusted after for decades. Since I brought it home, I have played every day for the past two months, and I am making progress faster than ever before. In the summer, we have a Thursday evening jam called Pickin' in the Park at Horseshoe Bend Park in McKaysville, Georgia. I've been playing so much, I now have enough confidence to give it a try this year. My flat picking is improving, and I'm excited to join the jam. My guitar routine is more consistent than ever, and it shows. Thanks for the encouragement. Be nice and play guitar. Well, Jim, first of all, congratulations on the new guitar. Second of all, happy birthday. And third of all, I want to thank you for bestowing some wisdom on all of us guitar geeks. See, we kind of get a bad rap. You know, as guitar geeks, we're known to lust after gear. As guitar geeks, we know that the, the ideal number of guitars is the ones that we have plus one more. And we get flack from our spouses, maybe, maybe folks that are outside the guitar geek circle. And the reality is, is that new instruments can provide wellsprings of inspiration. And that's okay. You know, if you're in a position to get a new guitar, if you've wanted a new guitar for a while and the time has come where you can actually do that, sometimes there's guilt that comes along with that. And, and I get that, I've, I've experienced that as well. But the fact is, new guitars can breathe new life into your guitar routine, can breathe new life into your guitar journey. So as guitar geeks, I feel we must embrace that. And I know this, this is one of those things where it might seem silly and it might seem, this, seem like this workaround to where we're finding yet another reason to get another guitar, but it's true. New gear, new guitars provide that inspiration. And Jim is, is living proof of that. As you could tell, you know, since getting that guitar, he's been more consistent than ever. His guitar routine is paying off and that is so awesome. You might be sitting there thinking, well, that's nice for those that can get a new guitar, but you know, here I am and it's just not in the cards for me. That's okay too. New strings are an option. 
New music is an option. Finding a new artist on YouTube is an option. Anything that injects some, some fresh air into your guitar journey, some new inspiration, is something that, well, we should all seek out and we should all welcome because Inspiration is just is invaluable when it comes to your guitar journey. You know, if you have a solid guitar routine and you feel like, I just need something, I need a little kick. New gear, new music, new inspiration, new, new guitars that can, all, that can all actually add up and really fuel your guitar journey and take it to the next level. So I wanna thank Jim for sharing that comment. And again, uh, congratulations on the new guitar, the new J45, and again, happy birthday to you. Well, since we're in Georgia, let's go ahead and get comfy. You know, Jim, who we just heard from, is from Mineral Bluff, Georgia, and now we're gonna visit Darren Brewster from Savannah, Georgia. He's a guitar geek, and he wants to share with us what is in his guitar snow. Here's what he has to say about it. Hi, Tony, I hope this finds you well. On our guitar march, we at times choose to invade the ears of family, friends, and even strangers. It's easy to feel outnumbered. All those ears and just you and your guitar, the dread of it can make you feel in dire straits. It's an irrational feeling, we know that. I mean, it's not like we are making movies. We all play music for love over gold. It's a comfort to march together like brothers in arms with our collective guitar signals learning as we go, daring each other to push further to be able to perhaps one day invade the ears on every street here in Savannah, Georgia. So here is our guitar signal. I love the puns. Thank you so much, first and foremost. We've got three individuals represented here, and we'll go with the guitar signals of each. First up, on in Albert's guitar signal, he's on the left side, from the floor left to right. We have an Asturias Solo Standard S and a Breedlove Journey Concert. Next up, Darren's guitars, uh, left to right on the wall. A Gibson KZ2 bought new by my brother in the 80s. He never played it since he prefers acoustics. Next, an Epiphone Sheridan 2 Pro in Midnight Blue. A Gold Tone Model GRE Resonator. One day I will get good at slide on it. Next, a Martin 0016E Grenadillo purchased new at Music Villa in 2020. Great store and town to visit. I agree, it's right down the street. Next up, a Journey Instruments carbon fiber camping guitar, model RT660M. And lastly, a Martin DRSG Road Series, my first all wood Martin. And then we have Chris's guitar signal on the right side, on the floor, center to, center to floor right, a Fender American Strat, an Ovation 12 string, an Ibanez Classical, and a Gibson J200. What a stellar set of guitar signals. It's a three for one special here. And all the puns in the description, I mean, this is, you got serious points. You got serious points here, Darren. Uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your guitar signal and your friends' guitar signals. And if you're sitting at home thinking, I've got a guitar signal, I've got friends who have a guitar signal. I think we should be featured on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. I think you should be featured on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. And here's how you do that very thing. I wanna to propose to you a win-win-win scenario. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I wanna feature you and your guitar signal, or you and your Acoustic Tuesday merchandise. Step number one, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, pick out your favorite guitar signal shirt, your favorite Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, get it shipped directly to your door. Step number two, once your merchandise arrives, go ahead and put it on and take a picture of yourself, either just wearing Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, or if you have a guitar signal shirt, take a picture in front of all of your guitars. And then once you're done with that, step number three is to upload your picture at tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. There's a link right on that page. Click it, you can upload your photo, and boom, you'll be featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number one, 
you get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number two, you get some cool snazzy Guitar Geek merchandise. Win number three, the biggest win of them all, all proceeds from the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop are being donated to Guitars for Vets. You get featured in the show, you get cool new shirts, cool new merchandise, and you help out Guitars for Vets. Win, win, win. Okay, back to the show. Now it's time for your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. And this week's acoustic news is infused with the blues. Wow. I mean, it's just pouring out of me today, folks. Uh, first up is a post from Charlie Parr. This is a post I found on Instagram, and I wanted to share it with you for two reasons. Number one, because of what he wrote. I'll get to that in a moment. And number two, because he's playing a Fraulini 12-string, and it's tuned down to open C. It sounds incredible. You have to hear it. But first, let me go ahead and read to you what he wrote. Charlie says this, When I'm upset, I play my guitar. I also play when I'm sad or happy or hungry or satisfied or tired or it's morning or it's Friday and warm out or cold out or I'm broke, grateful for it every day. This is a fragment of an improvised piece called Why Does the Government Need to Take All My Money on my Fraulini guitar tuned somewhere around C minor. I mean, that to me just echoes the guitar geek mantra of the guitar being just such a necessary piece of all of our lives. And with that being said, here is Charlie's improv piece of uh, why does the government need to take all my money? <laughs> here it is. Let's go ahead and keep the blues train rolling. The next item on my list is a new song that's been released from Christina Vane. She has a new album coming out entitled Make Myself Me Again, and she just released the first single off of that album entitled How You Doing. If you have not heard of Christina yet, you are in for a treat. Here's that new single. Yes, the Blues Train is making another stop, this time at a YouTube channel that I wanna encourage you to subscribe to. It's one that is full of information, it's one that is full of fun, and yes, it is full of blues. I wanna introduce you to Kyle Orla. His YouTube channel is Kyle Orla Stringworks, and it is one that provides a wealth of folk and blues information to you, the guitar geek. And Kyle is indeed a guitar geek. In fact, just to give you a sample of Kyle's playing, here he is playing Maple Leaf Rag on a Fraulini guitar. Yes, the second Fraulini guitar you're gonna hear in today's news segment. Here he is.
here's the deal. Kyle's YouTube channel isn't composed of videos of just him playing. Although he plays incredibly well, he also researches incredibly well and is able to disseminate that information to all of us guitar geeks. Here's a quick sample of a video he did entitled That Chord, How Etta Baker Stumped Taj Mahal. It's, a, it's an incredible video, one that you gotta check out in its entirety. We're just gonna look at a small clip of it here, but it just gives you a taste of what Kyle offers on his channel. Here it is. It's not just me. This song made a total mess out of Taj Mahal. So I've been learning this tune recently, and I just love this tune. I've always wanted to figure it out. And it was kind of weird. I was kind of having a hard time figuring it out. And then, of course, I just started geeking out about it and uh, found this really cool article from 2018 from the Oxford American by Rebecca Bangle. And uh, here's a quote from Taj Mahal about this tune. Here's this cover drawing of an Appalachian dude with his floppy hat and cabins in the hills. When I hear Miss Etta Baker playing, and I'm just flat out. He said, that chord, that chord, that chord. The first time I heard it, I had to know who made it. It's like a chord that doesn't exist. It's a broken hearted chord. It's like a haunting, melancholy, broken hearted chord. I found something close to it by accident once. I could probably spend my whole life trying to find it again. Dang, Taj, been there. I live there, sometimes. It's a really crazy chord though, isn't it? It doesn't really fit in the folk vernacular and yet it does perfectly. So, what the heck? If you saw my recent video all about the freight train chord, similar thing, not quite so spicy, but a chord that doesn't fit and yet it fits perfectly. Now you might remember Kyle from a previous Acoustic Tuesday show where I featured his interview with Charlie Parr. So yes, his YouTube channel is chocked full of acoustic blues and folk goodness. Please, please check it out. Next up on my list is uh, also, it's a song with the word blues in it. The Johnny Cash song, Cocaine Blues. You know, Billy Strings was playing a show and an unlikely friend joined him on stage to play this song. Yes, Billy Strings and Post Malone covered the Johnny Cash song, Cocaine Blues. And it is awesome. It's just plain awesome. And I love this. I love this for so many reasons. First of all, it's a great song. Second of all, I'm a huge Billy Strings fan. And third of all, it just shows that all types of music can come together. And there really are no boundaries when it comes to musical genres. We think there are, but there are none. And this proves it. Let's check it out. And finally, a magical musical moment in one of the least magical places in the world, the airport. Now you might be thinking to yourself, the airport is kind of magical. I go there to see old friends, family members fly in. I get that. But generally speaking, the airport, not so much magic. You got lines, you got security, the food is crummy, and generally it feels like cows are being herded from one place to the next. However, if you're John Gomm and you met fans Louise and Richie, Things are about to get magical. Here's the deal. Let me go ahead and read this post first, and then I want you to see what happened. It's incredible, and it's something you need to see to restore faith in all of humanity. Check this out. Louise and Richie here approached me at the UK bass and guitar show in Liverpool recently. Turns out they'd been delayed and missed my set. 
which they were especially sad about seeing as they'd used my song Passion Flower as their wedding song. So I took them off to a quiet corner of the venue and played it for them. Musicians get praised for doing this kind of thing, but honestly, it's such a privilege to have the chance to create a special little moment in someone's life. I'm sure there are musicians who wouldn't bother to do it, but they must be dead inside. So yeah, no praise sought or required. Just watch and feel the love. Wow, just wow, just wow. I mean, what an incredible moment. I mean, what an absolutely incredible moment. And I think on that note, it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'll be sharing with you my favorite Santa Cruz guitars ever to be made. Yes, my favorite guitars made by the Santa Cruz Guitar Company. There are eight of them, and I cannot wait to share them with you. But that's going to happen next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. And before I let you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, and Guitar Geeks Unite.